It was delight in Amsterdam for Chelsea as Frank Lampard's men earned a dramatic late victory against Ajax. Back across the face of goal chance, Batshuayi on the side of the crossbar and in, and Chelsea might just have snatched it courtesy of Michy Batshuayi. On another scintillating night in Europe, Inter secured a vital three points in the battle of the heavyweights at San Siro. Can Draver advancing, can Draver in on goal to double the lead and make it two. That will do it for Inter. Meanwhile, Barcelona survived a scare in Prague. Suarez is there, he scrambled it in. Terrible defending from Slavia and somehow, from an impossible angle, Suarez has turned it home. Once more, records fell in the Champions League. I'll tell you why Erling Braut Haaland's heroics couldn't prevent Salzburg from defeat. Liverpool ended their long wait for an away win in the group stage. And there were victories for Leipzig and Benfica. So stay with us right here on UEFA Champions League Match Day Live and the official Champions League podcast. Welcome to the show, I'm Rob Daly and European football expert Andy Brassel is alongside me. Andy, brilliant, brilliant drama on Wednesday in the Champions League. Yeah, absolutely extraordinary. Some late goals as well to, to really shake things up and some teams including Inter and Benfica breathing life back into their campaigns. Let's go through the scores then. Group E, Salzburg 2, Napoli 3, Genk 1, Liverpool 4. In Group F, Inter 2, Dortmund 0, Slavia Praha 1, Barcelona 2. Group G, Leipzig 2, Zenit 1, Benfica 2, Lyon 1. And in Group H, Ajax 0, Chelsea 1, Lille 1, Valencia 1. To Group H, where last season's Europa League winners Chelsea were in Amsterdam to take on Ajax, and the night boiled down to one decisive moment. Mount to Pulisic, left-hand corner of the penalty area. Back across the face of goal chance, Batshuayi off the side of the crossbar and in. And Chelsea might just have snatched it, courtesy of Michy Batshuayi. They lead at the Johan Cruyff Arena by a goal to nil. There are four and a half minutes to play. And it was a couple of substitutes, Andy, that combined for the winning goal. And it just shows it. There's been a lot of talk about the English young players that have come through. It was a couple of players that they've signed for big money who delivered the result at the end against Ajax. Yeah, that's quite right, Rob. There is more depth uh, at Chelsea than uh, sometimes underlined. Um, but you just wonder about Batswai. He's someone who has struggled to establish himself in the, in the first 11 anywhere, really, since he's, he's left Marseille. Uh, but having said that, he really is a potent threat off the bench. He makes stuff happen in the penalty box. And, it, of course, he missed probably an easier chance just before that when the ball yeah. came through to him he slammed it over the top and you thought is that Chelsea's chance been and gone but I think they, they were really good in the second half they grew into the game more and more and at the start of the season they were struggling to finish off games they were struggling to maintain their effort throughout the 90 minutes and it's a real sign of maturity that they're managing to to finish off a game like that especially against such high quality opposition in the closing stages let's hear from the Blues boss Frank Lampard Almost perfect, and, and I think it has to be to win here in Ajax against a really strong team. Semi-finalists last year, a strong atmosphere, 
and uh, some of our players are young. This is uh, their early days in the Champions League and I thought they were all outstanding. We deserve to win, for sure, and, and to say that against this Ajax team means that we had a big performance. They're working so hard every day, wanting to learn the younger players, the experienced players are examples for them, uh, the work ethic of the team, because to come here and work without the ball against Ajax, they rotate, they move the ball so well, you have to give absolutely everything, and they're doing it, they're doing it in training every day. Uh, we're improving, and now we, we have to just continue, continue, stay humble and keep working. Very happy there, uh, Frank Lampard, who celebrated with his players on the pitch at full time. He knew that was a big result because Ajax hadn't lost a game in five months. And reading the quotes of Quincy Promes, the Ajax winger who'd scored in the opening two match days, he said we were sloppy on the ball and had difficulty in retaining possession. And it didn't, to me, really look like peak Ajax, proper Ajax that we have seen in the Champions League this season. What was happening for them in Amsterdam tonight, do you think? I thought they were quite cagey in the first half, but they, they had a kind of light control on the game, I, I would say. But I think they were really overdone by the physical power of Chelsea, particularly in that second half. And Frank Lampard's right, it was a very, very mature performance in that second period. You know, we talked about before kickoff, Ajax is something that Chelsea aren't going to have faced this season. But you know what? I looked at that game and I thought that Chelsea aren't something that Ajax have faced this season. A real test for Ajax and Chelsea have come away with the win before the two teams meet to Stamford Bridge in a couple of weeks on match day four. The other game in the group came down to a late decisive goal as well. Lille won, Valencia won, an equaliser for Lille in the fifth minute of added time after Cherishev had put Valencia ahead. Did Lille deserve their equaliser and tell us about the equaliser because it was pretty special? Yeah, I think they did deserve their equaliser, Rob. Um, they had their chances. Uh, Yusuf Yuzuji uh, was pretty good, um, but he was a eventually replaced as they really went for the win that uh, Christophe Galtier thought would revive their chances in the group. That was part of the reason they conceded the goal to Cheryshev in the first place. Caught on a very quick counter with Kevin Gamero, who was so good at that for Sevilla, of course, when they won the UEFA Europa League against Liverpool a, a couple of years back. Um, but they never stopped believing and they never stopped pushing. Valencia were really hanging on at the end, but it took a piece of extraordinary quality by Jonathan Okone, who had the sort of face on when he was on the bench that you could tell he thought, right I'm going to show you boss when I get on there I'm going to do something special and he did what every player on the bench dreams of doing when they come on wonderful Cruyff turn through the legs smashed it into the top corner and Sillison had a really good game and got nothing he could do about it uh, it just stops Lille being cut adrift from the other teams in the mm. group because Ajax and Chelsea both have six points now Valencia have four and Lille have one although they go to Valencia on match day four uh, let's continue with matters in Milan where Internazionale hosted Borussia Dortmund the ball over the top as the flag stayed down here Lautaro Martinez who turns, fires it in, then looks to check. The flag has stayed down and it is Inter into the early lead, approaching the midway point of this first half. And now they have all sorts of options. Can Draver advancing? Can Draver in on goal to double the lead and make it two? That will do it for Inter inside the last two minutes. Well, they've done it the hard way, but surely they have their first victory of the group to move level on points with Dortmund in the section. And it's Antonio Candreva who provides the finishing touch with his first Champions League goal. It is into two Dortmund now. Lovely goal from Candreva to seal the win. Phil Blacker joins us on the show now, our commentator for the game. 
Phil, how important do you think that win was for Inter? Because we saw Antonio Conte on the touchline. I mean, he's always passionate. <laughs> but um, that really seemed to mean a lot to him to get the win. Yeah, absolutely huge, I think. And the, the significance in their season is not to be underestimated. I know publicly Antonio Conte, before the game, was trying to play it down denying it was a cup final or anything approaching that importance. But I think had it gone the other way and they lost this, they would almost have been out of contention already at the halfway stage in Group F. Still, of course, plenty of work to do to qualify with Barcelona winning and they're only level on points with Dortmund where they've got to go and play in a fortnight's time. But it's given them a chance. It's put them right in the mix. And I think it's also a huge step forward in this competition under Antonio Conte. He said every step in his first season in charge is important on the journey. He wants to see progress and improvement in performance. And I think he got that. Um, they didn't create too many chances, but they were clinical when those openings came along. Latero Martinez with the, the first of them, where the, the Dortmund defence just didn't react to the ball over the top. And although Berkey had saved the penalty from Latero in the second half, it could have eased a few of the late nerves because they were coming under some pressure just before that second when Kandreva got the opportunity to, to settle it. He needed no second invitation. And in between, they defended, as you would probably expect from an Antonio Conte team with real discipline and diligence but I think we saw in that rear guard action in the desire to win every challenge to snuff out the threat of Dortmund to the extent where they I think only had two attempts on target in the entire 90 minutes you saw there just how significant a an evening this was and therefore how big a victory it was and it was a good controlled performance wasn't it Phil against good opposition uh, they found it hard to get the game they wanted going in the first half into um, they, they wanted to attack from the off as Antonio Conte said they didn't really manage to create anything but they never panicked and when they missed the penalty they didn't panic. No. You know, they kept their nerve throughout. When Dortmund pushed, they didn't panic. And when they had the chance to counter-attack, most importantly, they didn't panic. You look at the layoff from Lautaro. You look at the way that Brozovic held onto the ball. He waited for Kandreva to come and played the ball at just the right moment. There's great poise to this Inter. Now, they played at Barcelona in match day two like they really felt they could go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Barcelona and they didn't get the result they wanted, but they've not allowed themselves to be discouraged. What impresses me about Conte teams is how quickly they become Conte teams. I mean, yes. it doesn't mm. really take very long. And there was a break for Dortmund, I think, in the first half where two players were countering. And then out of nowhere, eight Inter players were suddenly in shot inside the penalty area. They're so committed defending, so solid defensively, Phil. It's going to be difficult to score a lot of goals against this Inter team this season. It is. They've, they've reacted. I mean, credit to the group of players. They've reacted and responded straight away, haven't they, to Antonio Conte coming in and bought into to what he wants from them made that fabulous start in Serie A, winning their first six games for the first time, I think, since 1966. Then there, there were a couple of setbacks, the, uh, the defeat against Barcelona, despite a decent performance on, on match day two, uh, and then losing out to his former club Juventus. We wondered how they would respond to that. They conceded three in winning at, uh, at Sassuolo on Sunday, which still left a few questions unanswered. I think this, though, was a really eloquent response against, as Andy says, high-level opposition with the pressure on in a competition that means so much to their season. They responded with this stylish display, but also the desire, I think, was always going to be there. It was the measure of control, that the belief in what they're doing and in what Antonio Conte is doing that is already so evident. And I think it all came together tonight and it provides a, a very decent platform for them, but it's still wide open in the group. Uh, Dortmund's general manager, Sebastian Kerl, has been speaking after the game, former midfielder, of course, for the club. Some things were missing. We did not get bodies in the box. Nevertheless, we didn't necessarily have to lose 2-0 today. Um, 
they didn't have a striker and it, even if they'd have Marco Royce available tonight, it would have offered more of a focal point. It really didn't feel like Dortmund were playing towards something in attack. What did you think, Andy? No, it didn't. They were just that little bit too fluid. Um, I thought the, the way that they played with uh, both Sancho and um, Hakimi, they seemed to be getting in each other's way in the first half. There wasn't enough form really to the, the the front half of the team and I, I think that proved to to be a big problem Julian Brandt as a centre forward didn't really work um, he's someone who, who who has needed a bit more of a pre-season but he's moved been moved from pillar to post in in terms of position and I think that's really the concern that's something they're going to have to work on against a team that's going to be very strong defensively in the return game okay uh, let's turn our attention to the other game in the section which was Slavia Praha against Barcelona Threads it into the area for our tour. Onto his right foot, back to Messi. Goal for Barcelona. Inside three minutes, Lionel Messi tucks it away. It's Masapustu's in the area. He's pulled it back, and it's 1-1. Would you believe it? An equaliser for Slavia Praha against Barcelona. Messi, though, of course, always a threat from this sort of way range. He whips in the cross to the far post. Suarez is there. He scrambled it in. Terrible defending from Slavia and somehow, from an impossible angle, Suarez has turned it home and Barcelona are back in front. And it was enough to uh, get them the victory in the end. It eventually went down as an Ole Inca goal. Joe Shannon, the commentator there, joins us uh, on the show now. Joe, do you feel a little bit sorry for Slavia Prada, they didn't manage to get something tonight. I do, I do, because what was so impressive about them, Rob, was not just how obdurate and robust they were and how they pressed Barcelona, they made life difficult for them. It was not about the defensive performance. In fact, actually, if anything, they left plenty of gaps at the back. It was the way they went forward without fear or favour, particularly in that second half. And, you know, that was a really difficult task ahead of them, having been 1-0 down at the end of the first period. Missed a couple of really good chances. Ter Stegen had made a couple of really good saves. You wondered, well, you thought, you assumed that Barcelona would take the second half and, and run away with it, really, and the flurry of goals that we were expecting would arrive. But wasn't the case at all. Slavia came out of the traps, much the better side, got themselves that deserved equaliser. The atmosphere really was something. That was a magic moment when it went in because, of course, easy to forget that this is just Slavia's second ever group appearance in the UEFA Champions League. The only other was 12 years ago. So these are special days. These are special matches for the home supporters. And at one stage, it really looked like they were going to get a point at the very least. And by the end, yes, of course, Barcelona wasted numerous chances on the counter-attack when they could easily have wrapped the game up. But such was the effort of the home team. You certainly wouldn't have begrudged them at least a point. And Joe, with the way they played against Inter on the first day as well, coming very, very close to that win at San Siro, I don't think there's any suggestion now with one point from three games that that they can go on and qualify but Slavia could be kingmakers in this group couldn't they especially with Inter beating Dortmund tonight yes absolutely very much so and I think that there is there will be some concern I think for Favre and Dortmund going into the game in Prague later on in the 
competition, um, not in Prague, in Germany rather, later on in the competition, given the way that Slavia approached the game tonight, as I say, without fear or favour. They are, well, they feel that I think that it's a, it's a bit of a free hit now from here on in. It was a free hit tonight, certainly, and they showed what they can do from an expansive point of view against Barcelona. Look, they should have picked up probably more points than they have done thus far, but I think their approach has served them very well. It will certainly win them fans, and they can go out now into these next few matches, the second half of the group stage, if you like, without any pressure on their shoulders whatsoever. I think they might take a couple of hammerings. Look, I mean, when they go to the Camp Nou, it may well be a very different story. Into, of course, still to come to the Czech Republic later on in the group, but they will certainly approach these games without any fear whatsoever. Now looking at the stats, Slavia Prague had 22 attempts against Barcelona, who had 13 <laughs> in the game. This was interesting from Busquets as well, Joe, just seeing some of the, uh, the quotes drop in from the uh, Barcelona camp. We didn't close the lines enough to deny them space, which let Slavia's passing cause us lots of problems. And at the end, they threw loads of players forward. They had nothing uh, to lose. Will there be some concerning elements about the performance for Ernesto Valverde going into their next league game? Yes, because they didn't have enough control of the game in the second period. And the best evidence of that is that two of Barcelona's midfield players were taken off yeah. at midway yeah. point in the second half. Artur was taken off for Rakitic. Busquets was taken off with about 20 minutes to go and Arturo Vidal sent on. Barcelona didn't have control of the midfield area for large parts of that second half. They looked ragged at times. And of course, it was only some terrific defending in the latter stages. Piquet and Longley really had to stand tall to ensure Barcelona got over the line and got that long-awaited victory. But I think, you know, in some senses, was the difficulty of the match a great surprise, Rob? Yes, of course it was. You'd expect Barcelona to go to Slavia Praha and win comfortably. But when you look at their recent record away from home in Europe, that was only Barcelona's fifth win in their last 15 away games away from home in European competitions. So it was an important victory, I think, for Barcelona tonight, mentally as much as anything else. Uh, so Barcelona are very close to qualification. They are on seven points in the group. Dortmund and Inter both on four. Slavia Praha on one. And Barca face Slavia Praha next. Ten points almost always in the history of this competition gets you through. So Barca win that second leg, uh, that second meeting, I should say, with Slavia Praha. They would surely be into the next stage in essence. Uh, to Group E now, Andy Brassel, where uh, Liverpool secured a 4-1 win against Genk. Very entertaining game. And a notable for the double for Oxlade-Chamberlain, who scored two fantastic goals from outside the area, especially the second. Let's actually hear from the England international now. It was just, you know, I saw the ball come in. It was, it was coming quite quick um, from Bobby, uh, maybe a bit quicker than I, I would have liked to, to hit it um, properly. So I kind of just had to guide it. Um, and I was thinking about going with the left foot, but, you know, I think I'm all right with the outside of the right. So I sort of just tried to guide it. And yeah, tonight it was, it was my night for those ones and it, and it managed to go in. But um, yeah, I'll be looking to do a few more Luffers from now on for sure. It was a brilliant goal, a sort of stabbed effort with the outside of his boot with the foot you wouldn't expect him to shoot within that position as he hinted there as it went in off the bar and uh, how happy are you for him 
Andy, given all the injury problems he's had over the past year and a half. Fantastic. And I have to say, it's real testament to him, his, his work ethic and his all-round fitness, that he's been able to, to do that. Because uh, for him to come back and look every bit the player he did before and, and maybe more, I thought he was terrific when he came on at Manchester United at the, at the weekend. And he helped Liverpool get back into the game at Old Trafford and preserve their unbeaten record in the, in, in the Premier League. So this is the next step on for him. And I know it's a cliche about a long-term injured player coming back and being like a new he genuinely is like a new signing. <laughs> Clichés allowed on the show, don't worry. OK. Uh, goals for Mane and Salah as well as Liverpool wrapped up the win. Let's hear from the manager, Jürgen Klopp. So there were good moments, I have to say, and uh, the start was brilliant. Um, we stayed kind of fluent, um, gave them a lot of questions um, with our with the flexible formation. They couldn't really win balls. We lost a little patience, lost especially a lot of easy balls. That actually all the all the counterattacks they had were um, when we lost an easy ball, an unexpected ball. And that of course is the most difficult thing thing to defend. The goal we scored was brilliant. All four goals were brilliant obviously we, we had more chances, could have scored more. So it's like um, job done. Job done. Um, probably last year or the years before, we would have, would have drawn the game or maybe even lost. I'm not sure. But um, no, it's all okay. It was um, intense. Um, so it's all good. I didn't enjoy the game too much, but um, I enjoyed the result a lot. Uh, Stephen Adey with the consolation goal uh, for Genk, uh, but Liverpool with a big win ahead of facing Spurs at Anfield in the uh, Premier League. Salah was not fit for the weekend, but thrown into the starting eleven today, and I think. It, it was a, a tell of how important the, it was to get the win tonight for Jurgen Klopp, to get that away win at Genk. Absolutely, and they combined so well. I think for that third goal, it must have been a great satisfaction for Klopp to see Firmino to Salah to Mane for that, that third goal. But if Jurgen Klopp didn't enjoy that, maybe he should have gone to Salzburg versus Napoli, the other game in the group instead. So Salzburg have won 6-2, they lost 4-3, and now they've lost 3-2. They're probably the most entertaining team to watch in the Champions League right now. Yes. And uh, two goals for Haaland. He scored six in three. He's the second player ever to score five goals in his opening three Champions League games. And they got another after Drogba did it before. Yes. I mean, we... How good is this guy going to be, Andy? You're, I mean, well, when Trump did it, he was six years older than him. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. I mean it's, it's, it's totally different. It's an extraordinary effort. Now, I think the fact that he scores all sorts of goals. He scored the sort of back post header for the second goal that is the sort of goal that you would expect him to score when you look at him without ever having seen him play. Yeah, big guy. But obviously guy. there's there's so much else to him. It proves that um, there's there's more to come a, a, about his game as well. Um, but Napoli did so well to react after that second equaliser. Brilliant goal um, by Lorenzo Insigne. And we talked about the combination play of the Liverpool front through the combination between Mertens and Insigne for that last goal was, was, was superb. And, and Napoli deserved their win. Um, by the way, Mertens with his two goals has now overtaken Diego Maradona in the Napoli all-time goal-scoring charts. He's chasing down Marikamsic and he's not that far away, the makeshift striker, the Belgian international. Uh, let's uh, turn our attention to the next group after giving you the group standings for that section. Napoli top with seven points, Liverpool six, Salzburg three, Genk on one currently. Uh, so Benfica two, Lyon one and an error from Lopez at the end of the game, essentially gifting Benfica the win, Andy. Yeah, that's right. The Portugal international goalkeeper going back to Portugal and making 
Suzuki an inadvertent gift to Pizzi. He was replaced Rafa, who scored uh, the opening goal. Memphis Depay got the equaliser, and Leon looked far more likely to score the winner until that very uncharacteristic error from Lopez. Went and apologised to the away fans, but he's a big hero of those fans, so no apology needed, I'm sure. And, of course, Leipzig winning the other game. In that yeah, game. Leipzig top of the section with six points. Zenit and Leon both on four, Benfica on three. What about the winner from Marcel Sabitzer? The chest, the drop of the ball, and that curling volley with the outside of the boot into the top corner. When he hits them, they stay hit. What's better, the Oxlade-Chamberlain dink goaling off the bar or the Sabitzer volley? I think it would have felt more satisfying, the Sabitzer one. Just, you know, you can feel him driving through the hit, can't you? <laughs> uh, well, it's been another great night, Andy. Thank you very much uh, for your company. And a big thanks to Phil Blackett and Joe Shannon uh, for being our commentary team on tonight's edition of UEFA Champions League Match Day Live. That's all we have time for on what was a huge night of big Champions League clashes with loads and loads of goals. Liverpool with a 4-1 win into with a vital victory against Borussia Dortmund by two goals to nil. Barcelona hold on at Slavia Prague. Chelsea with that 1-0 success at Ajax thanks to Michi Batshuayi and Napoli getting the 3-2 victory at Salzburg. A reminder, the Match Day Live will be back on Tuesday the 5th and Wednesday the 6th of November when our Match Day 4 commentaries will include Barcelona and Bayern München. So make sure you listen via UEFA.com as well as the official UEFA Champions League app which is available to download for free right now. And don't forget you can subscribe to the official champions league podcast so you'll never miss an episode get the previous one for a complete review of all of tuesday's action including those big victories for tottenham hotspur and paris saint germain but for now from me rob daly and the rest of the match day live team it's goodbye back across the face of goal chance Batshuayi on the side of the crossbar and in and Chelsea might just have snatched it courtesy of Michy Batshuayi Suarez is there he scrambled it in terrible defending from Slavia and somehow from an impossible angle Suarez has turned it home Kandreva advancing Kandreva in on goal to double the lead and make it two that will do it for Inter You've been listening to UEFA Champions League Matchday Live.